that education is fundamental, but a lot of folks leave out the fun. Stay tuned to hear more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Now, in a previous podcast, I talked about the importance of education and training and certification for all employees across the entire enterprise. Now, if you have not listened to that podcast, you should stop and go back and listen to it. The link to it is in the show notes. So let me start with the premise that your organization, you know, is or, or, or has some kind of emphasis on employee education and are, let's say, baking specific education training cert- certification elements into every team member's annual review. Well, great. That creates a financial incentive for human capital, quote, maintenance, end quote, called education to occur. It's good for the employee. It's definitely good for your organization. Um, well, except for one thing. <laughs> most, most education, certainly in my field of financial services, is quite frankly pretty boring. I, I, I'm sorry, but it's true. The financial services industry is just kind of generally boring. But it doesn't matter what the topic is, whether it's some kind of compliance or understanding the latest rule in payments or, you know, thinking about what future technologies might be. It just nearly all presentations in our industry are spectacularly unexciting. And perhaps you can relate even if you're not in financial services. But it's an easy fix, right? We just need to get every presenter to create and deliver engaging presentations. And regardless how little the topic itself assists in doing so. Well, I can assure you from practical experience, it's not that easy. Years and years ago, back in the early days of a company I founded called Goldleaf Technologies, I started teaching classes on some basic elements Uh, That did relate to our software, but it was basically on a topic called ACH, the Automated Clearinghouse. This is basically direct deposit and payroll and automated debits that post to your banking account. Now, my focus of doing this was to assist community banks that really had never had their own ACH origination program to understand how to successfully do so starting from scratch. It was a full day in-person seminar. I mean, seven hours of classroom instruction. The vast majority of the material that needed to be covered was as dry as a cow skull baking in the high desert. So I was determined to find a way to spice up the class and make it interesting enough to keep the attention of the bankers for the specific purpose for them to learn the material. So I started doing what I call mental coffee breaks, Uh, periodically showing goofy pictures or making parodies. I guess we probably call them memes now, but, you know, pictures and short videos that poked kind of fun at banking in general and payments in specific. And it worked. This 
thing I created called Creating a Successful ACH Program became one of the most highly rated seminars available anywhere in our industry. I started encouraging some of our other employees to create similarly fun presentations, and within a few months, we became known as the Four Horsemen. Well, all right, we called ourselves that. I'm not really sure anyone else did. But each of the four of us at Goldleaf were highly sought after as speakers at conferences, and all because we were engaging, we kept attendees interested, and we had fun while we were imparting high-quality educational content. Now, (laughs) I used to say this all the time, and I'm not sure how entertaining we actually were, but we appeared downright hilarious compared to all of the other experts in our field. Maybe you have somebody like that on your staff who conducts fun and interesting internal education. Well, if so, lucky you. But finding somebody who can deliver great education is worth looking for and certainly worth the investment. Let me share some ideas that I think will be helpful in making educational events more fun. So let's start with, if the meeting's in person, just go and get a big wad of dollar bills, like cash in a 20 or, you know, 20, 30 bucks of ones and just have those in your pocket. When you get to the first open question, there's usually kind of a pause. Nobody really wants to be the first one to speak, whatever. And so you're encouraging somebody to respond. And eventually someone offers up a response. Immediately take this big wad of ones out of your pocket, walk up to the person and peel off two $1 bills and say, hey, John, thanks. I really appreciate your enthusiasm. Now, I guarantee you that will get a reaction from the audience. Now, as the training goes on, periodically stop to ask questions and give out more ones. Varies it up. If somebody answers a question from the back of the room, I would ball up the one and throw it at them. Uh, If somebody offered up a response that I thought needed to be augmented, I'd rip the bill in half. (gasps) Defacing a Federal Reserve banknote. (laughs) And then ask if anyone knew the other part of the answer. And then I would give that other person the other half. Now, all of this is just good fun. I've done this consistently over my career and have never, ever not seen this payoff in helping make the session more fun. And I got a lot of audience participation. Now, another thing you can think about is adding some self-depreciating humor, especially if you're a senior official, senior officer, CEO. There is no value ever in ridiculing others. But when we tell stories about ourselves, especially if it's self-depreciating, it just makes the whole mood lighter. If you have kids, grandkids, pets, or just kind of generally stay aware of what's going on around you, you can relate quickly and know, you know, quirky or outright funny stories that will augment the content you're presenting. Now, remember that comedy is really almost always based on violated expectations. Something is presented that's off what it should be and doesn't align, and that's what makes it funny. If you really study humor, you'll find a lot of humor comes in the form of a three-part series of things where the third thing doesn't align with the first two, and that becomes the joke. For example, if I set a premise that there is a process to open a good bottle of wine, I say first, take the label off the top of the bottle. Two, open the bottle and allow it to breathe. Third, if it doesn't look like it's breathing properly, we'll give it mouth to mouth. (laughs) 
<laughs> so so it, maybe you got a chuckle uh, out of that, even though I delivered it badly. But regardless, <laughs> it illustrates that violated expectation that that third step is clearly not what you would have expected to come after the first two. Now, bonus is that it played off the word breathe, right? The, the breathing, the giving the wine time to breathe, uh, switching to a totally different subject, juxtaposing the act of CPR, opening a bottle of wine. So I think you understand what I'm talking about. Now, irony also works. One of my very favorite comedians is Paula Poundstone. I just love her scratchy voice and the haltering, the haltering delivery of her punchline. At one time, I heard her talking about checking into a hotel and the desk clerk asked her, uh, do you have a floor preference? And she said, uh, I'd like a floor. Apparently, they can just hang you from the ceiling. Well, listen, I, I think that's crazy funny, right? Irony. So applying this to your business, let's say mine, of financial services, a customer is making a deposit at the teller, and the teller says, uh, would you like this deposited in your account? And the customer says, uh, yeah, was there someone else's account you were thinking of? So the joke is the wordplay, and it's not trying to belittle tellers in any way, but just poke fun at the terms and phrases that are common in our industry that can mean something else to customers and probably every other non-banking human on the planet. It's also true that the traditional method of consuming education is light on the entertainment scale. A typical banking presentation may have some graphics, but are often text-laden, and audio, video, and other engagement elements are rarely present. Think about, in your industry, the kinds of education that you attend, or maybe even more seriously, the kind that you present. Does it, does it meet that? Is it text-laden with very little audio, video, or any engagement elements? Hmm. Now, certainly those that are consuming education of any generation would appreciate more engaging content but especially so if we're talking about younger employees, particularly those that, are, that they would identify as young millennials or Gen Zs. Well, this is the gaming generation, and that creates a great opportunity to merge education and gaming elements into a killer training program. Now, I'm sure there are numerous companies that provide that type of education, hopefully in your industry. Now, when I was at the recent Independent Community Bankers Association conference, I met a company called Lemonade XLP. And uh, <laughs> I'll put a link to their company in the, uh, in the show notes. Now, their, uh, their primary focus is to provide engaging education to frontline staff that empowers them to be better sales advocates for the banking services. Now, they claim that FIs that use Lemonade get 12 times more voluntary participation in training with a 25% better rating of product knowledge by employees. That then drives 91% increase in digital product recommendations. Huge, just huge. Now, how do they get those results? By the gamification of the educational experience. Gamification. They've literally created a game about learning about a financial institution's services like mobile banking. Even better, the players are sharing the same game across the enterprise, which allows for natural competition to assist in driving educational goals. Now, you may know that I am a huge proponent of gamification and how that will manifest itself across all different types of services, particularly 
financial services. So much the better if your organization is using gamification for meeting your internal education goals now and experiencing the power of gameplay as a reference for how you might consider expanding gamification in the future across all your products and services. Now, even if you don't go all in for gamification, you can still have a focused effort on making education a priority and, and making it fun. A 2015 study by the University of Warwick Center for Competitive Advantage found that happier employees were more productive by 12 to 20 percent. Dale Carnegie famously said, people rarely succeed unless they have fun in what they're doing. Now, regardless of where you are on the org chart in your organization, but especially if you're a part of the C-suite, you can make a conscious decision to make fun an integral part of your organization. And all of your in-house education elements are the best place for you to start the fun ball rolling. Now, just a PS here, I have a lot of ideas how to make work fun in general and to have fun in educational events in specific. Some of them are even good. Now, if you'd like to get some insight on a specific event that you're trying to spice up, shoot me an email at david at davidpeterson.com. And just give me a thumbnail of what you're trying to achieve. I just might have an idea that could bring some needed fun to your organization. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.